2: all right mots. we are back episode 56 of the rink shrinks we are coming to you live from uh the tampa florida area the two of us together back on the road we got a mailbag edition what do you say you ready to go let's go All right, we are down here in Florida, uh, just the two of us. Well, I shouldn't say just the two of us. It's my family, and then you know, Uncle Mott's took the took the road trip down. So we're pretty excited about having you.
0: Yeah, I'm pumped. You know, you get uh, you know, another I'm... family
2: vacation with the Yandels. <laughs> I
0: know, we got Spirit Airlines where they charge you for just checking in and then, you know, <laughs> just show up uh, ready to go. But yeah, I'm gonna be uh, you know, I'm pretty excited to be down here and we're doing this. Uh, Cool um event here at uh you know Paradise Hockey, uh the Paradise Hockey Cup, you know, the opening ceremony. So we'll be up and doing a QA with Trevor Daly, Christopher Versteeg in the Ring Shrinks. So uh well worth the trip. That's that's gonna be coming out after uh you know next week or something like that. But we have uh we'll be getting content. I'm a content creator, there's a week. content machine. I'm yeah. gonna be all over you on the bench too. I'm just- <laughs> You missed two games earlier. You could have coached me up
2: a little bit for the uh, 8 a.m. game. That would have been a little bit better. But yeah, like Mott said, we're down here at the uh, Paradise Cup. Uh, Steve Valesky, Matt Miles, they do a great job putting this tournament together. We've had a couple games so far. And and unlike you, you know, where you got charged to actually check in on Spirit, I flew JetBlue, which was great. I got the, uh, you know, the, the, the TSA pre-check. I got the... Uh what's that other club? I'm in that the, oh, you're the in club, club now. Yeah, i in... get massages too. Yeah, they it's like they check your bags. It was it was good. It's not mint or uh, whatever. The other what's the other thing? I don't know. It was it was I felt pretty legit, but then we get to the hotel last night and I didn't tell you this. So it's about 9:30. I'm absolutely starving. We pull in, I'm like, oh, the only place is open is Mickey D's. Mm. So I smash a number seven, which is two burgers, and uh and a 10 piece nugget because i hadn't eaten all day i was i was extremely hungry and then we get to the hotel and you know there's a few players on the team that are checking in and i said hey i'm brian yandel i'm here to check in they go yeah we don't have a room for you and i was like uh excuse me they're like yeah your room's not ready it'll be ready tomorrow we're gonna put you up at the hilton down the street so i said well how's the hilton they're like and the lady at the desk, like she's it's actually really nice so we, we, you know, end up getting the kids back in the car, me and my wife, and we come down to the Hilton and she says, yeah, we're not leaving this place. This is a way nicer hotel. Uh, And, and,
0: you know, it, next thing you know, now I think the whole team's here, Mott's is here and, and the rest is history. Yeah, it's great. I mean, sometimes you, you know, get a tough bounce and works out in your favor, but I, um yeah, I, you know, flew in, kind of came in on two wheels, ready to go. Uh with this mailbag episode. So what do you say we get going here? Yeah,
2: let's get rocking and rolling. Uh, first thing I thought was, you know, from a former guest and, and Sean Scahan, who um, is the strength and conditioning coach for the Minnesota Wild, was at BU, was with the Anaheim Ducks, won a Stanley Cup. But uh, interesting tweet by him, youth hockey development ob- observation. Don't disregard the slower with higher IQ kids. They can get faster. Not sure if the faster kids with zero IQ will
0: learn. I agree. I absolutely agree. It's very difficult to you know kind of discount someone just because you know they're you know a slower player. But if they're thinking the game, they they're going to be someone that you could work with to work on their skating, work on the efficiencies, get a little quicker. And you know him being a strength coach, he believes in that. So that that's like it's a good observation. That's his stance. But um, but you just you can't shut out someone who has like limited hockey IQ and skate fast because I still think there is a way And Leachy Leachie even said it, you know, when we had him on, he's like, I don't think you can teach it, but I still find that there is opportunities to present certain things to develop and increase someone's hockey IQ. You know, even if, you know, it's just a little bit incrementally, I think it can, I think you can still, you know, encourage and teach it enough. I don't know. Like what, what are
2: your thoughts? I mean, I, I wish, Twitter was around when I was playing because this kind of sums me up to a T is, you know, I couldn't skate very good, but I had pretty decent hockey IQ. So I wish Sean was vouching for me with Minnesota wild or whoever it was back in the day. Uh, So, you know, I'm a little jealous that I'm an old goat, but um, I, I think that the difference is that if the kid really can't skate well, it's tough to play whereas if a kid can fly you can at least make him serviceable right like let's just think college hockey if you're a fourth liner but can really go out and skate and serve a, serve some type of purpose and you know chip pucks deep be disruptive on the forecheck just play fast play with high energy you can be serviceable then the kid that really can't skate at all and might be able to think it but i agree that you know you can definitely learn to become faster or, or, or work to become faster. Uh, and the hockey IQ stuff is, 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 you know, it's difficult to teach. I think, you know, like you said, Leachy, you you know, he did say that, that it was very difficult to teach somebody hockey IQ, but I think nowadays with all the video and all the, the, the different, um, you know, platforms that they have out there, you can, you can implement things and kind of teach them certain type of things to become, you know, have some somewhat of a
0: sense out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to disagree with like one of my idols and yes, hockey yes. hall of famous, but um, you know, I, I, I still feel that way. But you know, it's a, a great observation by our guy, uh, Sean, and um, it just it, it's a good kind of like talk and like talking point, like you know, w- w- what side do you want, or, or like do you want to straddle it or whatever. But I think that, that there is a um, a way to be able to um, develop, but yet you don't want to discount, because, but he's in that business. Like I said, like he's, he's willing to make you faster and trying his best to do that. Anyway,
2: so. that's it. I'm making a comeback. <laughs> uh, all right. What do you say? We dip into the mailbag here. Uh, first question is, uh, from bill. Hi question. Does single a elite in the Boston area, um, Terriers, et cetera, or tier one or town a I'm new and confused. Three kids playing for Canton, and one just started playing club. No idea what I'm doing. So, does single A mean elite in the Boston area? Um,
0: tier one. What? What's your answer? Yeah. So, elite is elite, in my opinion. But you know, then you get tier one um, would be that next level down in select hockey, in select in club hockey, uh, and then. But they they do have different names too, like like silver, <laughs> platinum. Like I don't. I'm confused too, Bill. Like I'm, I'm, you know, but there is a tiered system, but it's like really tier one, tier two when it comes to that uh, club hockey situation in Boston.
2: Yeah, I I know from my experience, especially being a former hockey director, the elite division, especially in the club programs like you referenced, the terriers, is the elite division, and then there's tier one, and there's different levels of that tier one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have the Basically what, what goes on in the spring slash summertime is parity for that tier one. So they group, they, you know, let's say it's the red, uh, green and blue divisions. The red would be the, 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 the highest end or the highest rated teams on the tier one division. Next color would be the middle last color would be the, the, the weakest. So that's Mm -hmm. probably the easiest way I would sum it up. Um, so it's all tier one, but there are different levels of it. I think it's like platinum, gold, whatever. There's, 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 different yeah, that, that's
0: of, exactly right. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then the, 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 the single A stuff you would reference um, is more geared towards the town hockey. So if your kid plays on the, let's just say the, the Duxbury um, team and Mott's. you know, your your daughter's involved in it, but there's the, the squared
0: A's, the squared B's. B's. B1's, if there's a lot of participation, like B1's, B2's. You know, so they've added multiple B's now too? Well, because if there's a lot of, you know, participation, they want to be able to still service the kids who still want to play town hockey. So, gotcha. yeah. So, like, you know, I think B1 would be just slightly ahead of B2, but you have these, um, you know, kind of tiered, even in that situation it, only according to the participation of not num- on numbers. Okay. Yeah. So I
2: think we did our best job, Bill. I uh, hopefully uh, let us know if we didn't clarify that for you, but I think that's, that's our best answer. What do we got next? Um,
0: you mean spring hockey when you say mating season question mark, Chris, um, not a chance, Chris, no, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's the mating season is when February 1 starts and people are looking to, you know, find a different home, coaches are, you know, actively recruiting while the season is still going on. So mating season is really like that kind of awkward time when everyone's trying to figure it out, right? Yeah, I think that's the the best answer. Uh
2: I know if you're referencing spring, spring hockey, maybe, you know, summer tournament teams and things like that. Yeah. People, obviously at that point in time, everybody's a free agent, but at least here in Boston too, with the, the league rules and there's winning percentages that are involved and things like that, but there's still, um, uh, you know, when we say mating season, it's uh you know, it's a, it's a buddy handle reference. And that's kind of something that he used to call it. Uh, but People from, you know, lower end teams are looking to catch on with the higher teams and, and you know, people on the higher teams are trying to cut kids. And it's, it's kind of that, you know, madness that goes on. And that's kind of what we're referencing. Um, I got the next one here. I'm the father of an 0-9 Peewee. We have a great team, coaches, and culture for the most part. The focus is truly on development with the group. Our team is very good top to bottom. However, one of our star players, when we face stiffer competitions, tends to do too much. I can see everyone, including my son, tense up and become more timid on the ice as he tries to take control and skate through the opposition. I realize that this is the coach's problem to address. However, my son and his teammate, another star player, (laughs) both said... That the teammate in question, when when he gets like that, doesn't communicate and begins yelling at and berating his teammates, this can't be good. Well, I'm sure the coaches are aware, should I, the parent, bring it to the coach's attention, suggest my son to do it, a good opportunity for personal growth, question mark, or say and do nothing and let my son navigate those youth hockey waters on his own? And that's from Paul.
0: I like how he just, he put in another star player. That, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, You know what? There is, this is kind of interesting stuff because you have, uh, you know, players that try to help the team. And then, you know, if you're playing a tougher team and you try to do more on your own. So I kind of really, this is a good example about uh, some of like the Russians that I, that you would play against in the NHL. They care so much about the team, but. Culturally, like they're so skilled, by individually that they want to try and do more to help the team by doing things individually. So, when you get into the playoffs, you have layers of defense that would shut down like an Ovechkin. So, it took a while for him to win a Stanley Cup. Whereas, like a, a Crosby goes, and it be, wasn't
2: for lack of effort or no, anything on his part, exactly. right, right? So,
0: it's easy. I mean, that's like a high level example of this, but like you're falling, it's easy to fall into that trap if you have a decent skill set and you want to try and help the team, and this is how you think you can do it it's not being selfish at times, but like it might come off that way. Um, You know, so ultimately the, you know, I, I think the coaches should be able to have a handle on it. There's no need to poke your nose in there. Let the kid navigate the, the youth hockey waters on his own.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I would also say, you know, if you're having those conversations with your son, I would definitely talk to him and say, Hey, listen, you know, don't be afraid to grab little Johnny and talk to him and say, Hey, like, You know, we can do this thing as a team. Like, don't just try to do it all on your own because that's not going to work. And, you know, I'm living it firsthand right now. Um, You know, just today we played um, a a really good team from Buffalo, another team from from Michigan, uh, Little Caesars. And individuals do not win hockey games when it comes to, you know, I coach at the 09 level as well. Uh, Obviously, you know, we every team has a couple really, really good high end players, but it's still um, it's a team game. And if you're relying solely on yourself, um, you know, it's not going to happen or, or, or that one individual. So you could maybe drop a note to the, the parents of the kid and tell them, hey, listen to the ring shrinks. You know, they know what they're talking about. That might help
0: yeah indirectly uh hopefully you change the name paul like you know yeah yeah, yeah. We'll hopefully discuss. you went for the alias <laughs> yeah, i know but um at the end of it yeah that i mean yeah. that there'll be something that you could do but i i think that you know letting it
2: you know kind of play out paul his real name's pat
0: Pat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> paul don't call me pat paulie
0: yeah so i uh, just kidding we don't know your real name so we will say um, uh, you know a couple of different things, you know, you, you, you let your son kind of navigate it. As long as the kid's a good kid and he's actually trying to win with the team, like, it, you know, there's a difference between selfishness and what the scenario we just explained. So um, good luck with that. Check back in and let us know what you uh, decide.
2: Skit Scott is the new video-based social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skit Scott's feature-rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. The platform allows users to use augmented reality filters, picture-in-picture, layered audio, and other editing tools found only in costly movie production rooms to express themselves in a short video. SkitScot is also a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. SkitScot does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA.
0: Uh, I heard this hypothetical on the radio and figured you guys would love it. I'm a coach on my 12-year-old son's team, and one of the players' fathers asked if I would start his kid for the next few weeks as a confidence boost. The kid isn't the worst on the team, but definitely isn't the best or starting line material. In return, though, the dad offered a week of his beach house on the Cape this summer. Now, I'm a man of morals, and I know the right thing to do, but my wife and I looked online, it's a nice beach house. What do you think? (laughs) W ROR uh, Commissioner Rick Shrink. <laughs> what do you think, dude?
2: Oh, that's awesome. What would the rink shrinks do? Take the beach house. You kidding me? Uh no. You know what? I, I saw a thing online today on the on the radio. Did you see the guy? I think it was from 98.5 called the bean pot, the bean pole. No. <laughs> oh my god, what an idiot. Uh so my ADD kicked in there because that's all I was thinking about, but so the the
0: the hypothetical. So so I, I he he gets a a week of a beach house if he starts this kid's uh this guy's kid for about a week and like I'm like thinking yeah you might not be starting uh, material but like I would always rotate who starts I the was game just anyway say that so like who who really cares you know at this age group you know they're twelve years old and you get a, a beach house out of it absolutely. <laughs> yeah i mean like take take the vacation yeah we're rotating kids through but like you you just absolutely start them every game
2: yeah where's the house uh (laughs) if you want us to come down we'll we'll, hang out
0: yeah we can have a satellite
2: uh yeah we can do a pod from down there and talk about everything but the yeah i mean (laughs) i think at this at 12 years old the the whole like first line second line third line that you know one line starts every game is complete nonsense. Uh, I think every kid should start. I think it should be rotating, even at that age. I know at 12, you know, things get pretty serious, but yeah, I mean, just like rotate all the other winning wingers. Yeah, it's only like a couple games, probably, or yeah, well, a week. That's that's like let's no, say you get f- two few ve- weeks. A few oh, a few weeks. weeks. All right, so let's just that's say like it's a pretty, couple pretty games, important. just rotate the wingers. And keep little Johnny up there and be like, dude, you're starting again. Yeah, like, you're, you're a stud. A you're, you're a stud, st- dude. You're a stud, yeah. Get him out there. Tell him to tell him to dump it in and get off quick.
0: Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, that is yeah. that is good Th- stuff. Thanks for checking in with the hypothetical.
2: Um, All right, I got the next one here. Oh, there's a lot of reading here. I just read a lot.
0: You want me to do this? Yeah, one?
2: bang this out. All
0: right.
2: It's so nice being here, just the two of us, too. I know. Too. Like, <laughs> you know, we got out. Yeah, yeah. One one set of headphones,
0: one mic, (laughs) but we're making it work. We're making it work. Two computers, though. So we got um, on a U12 team, we have a, a team of players that have been playing together since U8. A new player joined the team this year who is in his second season of hockey. The player is set on wanting to play D. We've played him both on O and D. He is a slower skater and tends to gap up in the neutral zone and gets beat most times or is on top of his D partner. In the D zone, he falls back on his goalie and tends to screen. We've worked with him in practice and during the game on the bench. In the last two weeks, he has um, had two different partners because he was negative towards both and got into a verbal altercation and also would not look or listen to the coach trying to help him. Puts the blame on his partner. We have had different coaches try to work with him as well. His dad is a first-year coach with us, who never played not sure what the parent might be telling him as he's usually not the same page with the rest of the coaches any thoughts on how to work with this new player and hopefully have him be a coachable player thanks a concerned coach can i just say cut him <laughs> cut
2: them both uh no uh it's it's something that's real uh yeah. i was just joking with just cut him but i mean it it, it might have to come to that um I would start with just, you know, as a, as a coach sitting down with the player and the kid at 12 years old individually and, and, you know, having that conversation and, and having that message come from, you know, the head coach and, and let him know that you've, you know, if you're not coachable and you can't take, you know, instruction, not, not, you know, not only instruction, but possibly, you know, some criticism and things like that, then you're, you it's hockey. It's kind of a tough sport. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a tough sport to play. If you're not, if, if
0: if you're not able to be coached in my eyes. Well, I think that just, it makes you a better person to be able to take that criticism. And if you're not looking at a coach in the eye, when they're giving you instruction or trying to help, it's unacceptable. I like that. That's, that's the one part where I'm like that. If a kid's doing that to me, I just have zero tolerance of that because that leads back to the, the actual person, like the, the character of the kid, uh, you know, and if it, if it's playing into it with the dad and the kid, the dad hasn't played and he wants to have some, you know, he wants to be around and, you know, trying to lend some, some, um, some time of his that, you know, and and try and help. Uh, but if you don't know, you don't know unless you ask. Right. So I would, I would get them one by one, have them have a, a candid conversation and exactly what we want. Um, you know, uh, you know, to, we expect, and this is what we, we have seen. So, you know, you can just reference exactly what you just had in the, um, in the email here and the question, but I I think the, you know, honesty is the best policy getting out in front of it and just really having a, say an adult conversation with the dad. And then, you know, with the kid just being like, listen, if you want to be on this team, you have to be a coachable individual. And that goes beyond talent. You know, you're going, you're going up, you know, referencing some of the plays that he's making, but, you know, there's just coachability goes, goes into being a good person. So, um, I would, I would chip in too, and just say that,
2: um, everybody learns differently and, and, you know, maybe it's, it's talking to the, the parents and, you know, how does he learn best in school? Like, how does he, you know, what learning techniques and different things like that, um, does your, you know, does your, son use on a daily basis because uh you know you you know when he gets to the classroom it's not just going to be like you know here his straight a's and 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 things like that so i think it's it's diving a little bit deeper with this kid into you know how he learns and 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 you know makes improvements and things
0: like that a good point we'd like to talk to you quickly about tsr hockey now is the time to get those backyard rinks all set up before the ground freezes our friends at TSR have three different rink kits that you can choose from. If you don't need the whole kit, individual liners and brackets are available. They also have in the Bauer Rex skates, the Whistler skates are almost sold out, but they have plenty of the Expedition skates for ODR season. You can reach their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave and they can take care of you. TSR Stocks. Team apparel for CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidery and printing. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is a proud sponsor of the Rink Shrinks. Visit TSRhockey.com. All
2: right, this voicemail is brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Don't forget to enter our mini hockey don't forget to enter our mini hockey set giveaway with Franklin on Instagram. Uh, follow at the rank shrinks and At Franklin Street Hockey, entries will close February 13th. So make sure you guys get on there. Um, Follow social media, tag a couple friends, and, um, you know, enter yourself a chance. Who doesn't need a mini hockey set, especially we're down here in Tampa. It'd be awesome if we, you know, even we got involved. Yeah, I would love to dominate the halls. Yeah, I would crush it. Uh, What do you say, time for the voicemail?
0: Yeah, let's hear it.
1: What's up? So this one's right in your wheelhouse, boys. This is, uh, we need to break this down. This needs to get exposed. So we have a youth player, an eighth grader, playing varsity for one of the local high schools. And um first period on the first line, played pretty well. Uh, then gets benched the second and third period. And when the player went up and asked the coach why he benched me for the last two periods, uh told her that she didn't bury one of the rebounds. So if this was a case where, you know, the player didn't hustle, move a feet, get to the rebound, and put it home, that's one thing. That's different. I mean, that would warrant, in my opinion, maybe a shift or two off. But to bench somebody for two periods because they missed the shot or didn't put home the rebound is just, um, you know, that's just too much. I mean, you – have to be focusing on player development, building people's confidence. You know, if this was an issue, you bench people for, in my opinion, for, you know, not hustling, you know, maybe showing up late to practice, body language, that type of stuff. But when someone misses a shot, come on. You know, now you're you're making that player scared. They're going to be gripping their stick when they're out there. It's just um, this guy just doesn't get it. And like I said, I think this needs to get broken down. It needs to be exposed. Do better.
2: Well, if anything, if anybody knows anything about burying the biscuit, it's Harry from High Park. So it's good to hear from him. Um, I agree with Harry here. I mean, players should be benched, especially at the high school level, if it's a lack of effort, um, you know, repeated mistakes. Things like that. I mean, not burying, not scoring on a rebound. I mean, there's there's fifty of them in a game. So you're going to bench everybody that doesn't score on a rebound? Like, I, I don't even get it. I don't get the the coach's mindset.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they're looking for an excuse to do something, sometimes it sounds like an excuse from the coach. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, it's, like it's, it sounds like, it's... like an
2: excuse from the coach
0: Cause... that. Because that's not the real reason why he
2: was benched. no for for no sure. way
0: but the, that's the, the the last thing that happened and it was just like just this oh I I can hold on to this I'm gonna shut them down um you know, so it's probably been they've been waiting for something you know the first line player they they're playing a lot and then in the eighth grade too yeah which it's 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 impressive impressive maybe there's some outside influence about you know an eighth grader playing on the first line and all of a sudden he has to come up with a uh, an excuse to to shut her down you know it's like you get right. this you know that you never know but yeah no uh, to Harry's point he's correct you don't you don't punish someone for like a physical mistake that, that just just because you don't score a goal but you said repeated mistakes if you're you're getting coached up on something and you continue to make those wrong mistakes or those you know um those different plays in those certain pressure areas then yeah then you're making a decision Versus, you know, you think you know better than what the coach is trying to tell you. So then, but you then usually, don't bench a guy for like lack of scoring no, touch. No, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, stone hands. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I I think Harry made a good point. Yeah, I think Harry. I mean, Harry
2: knows a, a thing or two, and and you know, especially like top shelf C at the banquet. He, he, that's his, that's his go to line and move. I've I've heard that for years, so. Yeah, it it sounds like to me that the, that was an easy out for the coach. You know, maybe there's some some other pressures that are going on. Um, you definitely do not bench somebody because they didn't finish a rebound. No. Um, obviously, the kid can play. He's on the eighth grade. I'm sorry, he's in the eighth grade playing varsity hockey. Uh, I keep saying he, um, but he said she. So she said he, and he said she, and and but you know if if she just didn't score on a on a you know, on a rebound it it's kind of ridiculous. uh like I said, you you know I, I, and I already said it for you know my answer, so there you go, Harry, good to hear from you, buddy. uh all right, we got another one here. Motts B y had a question for you. Can you talk a little bit about the model of having coaches coach more than one team? I know B y has talked about coaching both of his son's teams, but how do you balance that? I know for us, we have coaches involved in multiple teams, and it creates some noise when the coach isn't there due to conflict. Just curious about your thoughts on it, as I don't really know the math. But I assume since you already you are already at the rank, it makes sense. But that also creates conflicts. Thanks from John.
0: You know, I, I'm going to let you take this, but you know, I, I from my point of view, if you can somehow get to the scheduling aspect of it prior to the season whether it be practice or games then you know because you're in a good spot you know to be able to do that um but you know you can speak to it because like i'm not i'm not living that right now <laughs> yeah i mean honestly i um
2: it's definitely a balance i'm fortunate enough where louisa mcdonough um and and Ross. you you know, Russ does the schedule, uh, Louisa does the scheduling and Russ owns the Terriers. They schedule all my practices back to back. And I would say 90% of the time, my games are either back to back. My pee-wee, uh team plays first and my squares play after or vice versa, or there's, you know, an hour break in between and I'm already at the rink. So I, I I'm actually pretty fortunate where the, the, you know they they kind of hand schedule the league it's not thrown it into a computer and just spit out so that i'm in you know on the uh, i'm home at the same time as i'm away it 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 kind of works out pretty good like
0: that um has there been conflicts though like where you know the 09 is playing here and 11 you have to make a decision
2: yeah and then i just go to the bar <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah hands in the air. yeah i just like oh i'm out uh, see who can get you guys a ride. We're going, we're going, but no, we, you know, I try to, uh, we try to make it work with it that I, I can make most. And like I, I said, 90% of the time, I think I do. Uh, there's definitely, there, there definitely have been some conflicts and I try to just balance it. And again, you know, I coach, but I coach, uh, you know, my coaching philosophy, philosophy has always been like surround yourself with good people. And I have very good guys that I coach with. I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't consider myself the head coach on any of the teams. It's just, we're all coaches. So if I can't be there, um, one of the other coaches just takes over. And, and, and so that's kind of how it works out. Um, so it really, you know, it, for, for me, it's, it, it is pretty easy.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure that not everyone would have that uh ability to construct this uh, a it's schedule. all
2: about mani- manipulation <laughs> manipulate the system a little bit you know you you gotta it's, it's you gotta you bust know. out the old pencil and paper once in a while
0: it's who you know right
2: right but this weekend is a perfect example um you know i'm gonna miss a couple games of my 2011s because i'm down in florida um my oldest is off and he's playing in high school so i'm no longer coaching him but um it uh, you know god i feel terrible i feel terrible you know, he, my 2011's down here with us. So he's missing the games as well, but I feel bad just not being at the game and being able to, to, to see it. And same thing, you know, I, my, my oldest played a, is played a freshman game and then he was got called up and played the JV team uh, for the JV team today at BC high. And I feel terrible that I miss both his games, but luckily, you know, my, my father and mother are around and, 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 you know, also my, uh, my grandpa, his grandparents on the other side to kind of help out and, be there and, and have some support, but you hate missing anything. That's for sure.
0: Cross-country mortgage. If you own a home and haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend, Chris Devin and see if it makes sense for you. Many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on their monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis. So you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check them out at ChrisDevin.com and he and the team, at cross-country can let you know if they can save you some dough. Cross-Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS, number 47305. Now we get, uh, on to the next one here. At what age should a AAA coach have a true third line that actually gets less ice time than the other two or gets skipped when the game is close, such as winning by a goal or less than you know, the final seven minutes in a game or so? My son is in this position now and he understands what is happening. So we have to routinely have talks about how we keep, how he needs to keep working hard and focus on what he can do. Thanks, Josh. I'll address this
2: first. I think seven minutes is a little ridiculous um, to throw that, that out there. I mean, I always said, uh, and I've always said the last couple minutes, minutes of a, of a game is ours. Everybody pays to be here. Uh, So, you know, it's it's more like two or three minutes if you're down by a goal and you're trying to get a goal and you're, you're trying to you know or protect a lead. But in terms of putting an age to it, it's tough. It's tough. But I mean, I would say, Pee Wee Major
0: is that twelve? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say twelve. Yeah. So around twelve, like you have an ability to, um, you know, kind of see what you have. You know, twelve, thirteen you 14 for sure but like my philosophy was still i like i rolled lines right i, I couldn't lines. agree more and like i i would strategically put someone out at the end like again like last 2 minutes or if there was like a big power play that we really needed something i i still was like uh cuz we we all cap- the the team was you know, everybody's th- capable yeah three lines of capable players that and we would practice it everyone would practice it uh you know like say power play for example right but and I still think it's still early to, like, start pulling ice time, you know. But there are better players and better situations. Right. You know, so um you know, starting at 12, maybe, 12, 13, 14 for sure. 12, 13, you know. But
2: uh, I think, like, having a true third line is
0: not no, acceptable.
2: Not acceptable, especially in, in, in kind of pay-to-play leagues. You know, it's one thing when you get to – the, you know, the the national levels like the, you know, U15, 16, 18, high school hockey, things like that. But I still, and we talk about this all the time, like you've got to get, even at the high school level, it's like you have to get all four lines involved, mm-hmm. right? You have to, you can't have, you know, one kid or two kids or a line of kids sitting on the bench for an entire period if you're going to win. These kids need to... They need to go out and they've got to feel the game like there's, There's there's no nobody should be sitting. Nobody should make a team and then sit on the bench the entire game, uh, even in my eyes at, at the high school level. Like, you know, yes, I understand you may have four lines at that time and the fourth line is going to get uh, a little less time. But I think that everybody else. You know, everybody, I should say, should be playing and and getting minutes and getting minutes, you know, early in the period. Go out and define roles for those guys. You know, hey, you're the fourth line at the high school level. And go out. Don't get scored on. Go out. Bring energy. Hit somebody. Like, chip the puck down deep. Do something that's impactful in the game. And they're going to be more responsible. Give them a role, and they're going to be okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. And like to your point as well, like it, they're providing rest for these top players that if they're considered that are getting power play and penalty kill minutes. So, like, I look at it as you want to play the game a certain way. You need, you need energy to do it. And so that, even at this younger age, so we're saying like around 12 years old, you have, you know, some, some flexibility or some, some, an opportunity to be able to, you know have like a dedicated third line that but like it's not i still don't agree with that what i'm saying is like you start being able to air airmark situational lineups right? right so that that's where you can kind of start making those decisions but um yeah like to, to your point that 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 way that you want to have kids play the play the game the right way with pace it takes energy so you need rest you have to come back so uh, i think it's a great point you just made um and I, and, 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 you know, to get back to your, your kind
2: of original question, the age, like, you know, at, at 12, 13, I think it's, you know, coaches are coaching a little bit more to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, and kids, it's not to say that, that, you know, the kid that's on the third line at 12 years old might not be on the first line at 14 years old. it It's all going to change. But, and that's why it's so important to go out and get everybody reps. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I hate the stigma of like first line, second line, third line, because it's not basketball. You know what I mean? Like I watch a lot of basketball. My nephew plays. I love going to the games, but it's like, you get your starters that they go out there and they play, you know, most of the game, but there's no change on the file. Like hockey's a fast paced game. Like you need rest. You need guys getting off the ice and it's like 35 seconds and get, off, you know what I mean? So it's like if everybody's in the flow of things,
0: it's just going to make your team, you know, that much better. And if you think about it, uh, so I, I'm with, with when I was with Chicago, we talked about, you know, like lineup construction, and they didn't want like the prototypical fourth line, you know, because the game has changed. They want everyone to be able to play and they would roll four lines consistently, and they had great success. So if an NHL team's philosophy is that way, Why can't a youth hockey organization be that way? So it's just it boggles my mind if if, when people are pulling kids uh, ice time back at an early age. Yeah, Josh, that's a uh, great
2: question. Really, really like it. Uh, We got a couple more here. I have a rink shrinks philosophical question for you guys. Two groups of thirteen-year-old players. One group plays fifteen games in a single month and has five practices. The other has five games and fifteen practices. Which team sees better overall development?
0: I would say the team that played five games, fifteen practices, I, according to if you have the right instruction in those practices, because you you gain so much more out of development. So to answer that question is the development, and you you know still have five games a month to apply those skill sets that you're acquiring or you you want to apply to the game. So. Um, uh, one thousand percent the the practice the heavy practice side.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, definitely with the you know uh, the the you know five games and fifteen practices. Uh, did you watch that that documentary on the Williams sisters that I I gave no. you that for homework? Like <laughs> no, no, I know I did like see. three months ago. Yeah. Um, what was yeah, that name King George he, or yeah, something?
0: My dog ate the homework. Was it
2: King George? No. What was the name of that? It's about the dad, the dad's the name, dad King Richard. What did yeah. I say? King George. Ge- Georgie. King George. Yeah. That's his alias uh, when he checks into hotels. Uh, King Richard. That's what it was. Uh, he, yeah, I think you you know, playing in a, in you know a handful of games if they're getting the the proper development is is you know in those fifteen practices are way more beneficial. So well said.
0: And the other thing is when you play a lot of games. Um, you, you can get into bad habits, right? Right, so like there's that's just one thing.
2: And what if your kids on the third line, like like Josh said, and he's the kid that's getting short shifted, yeah, you know
0: what I mean? So he's not You're even not getting, getting, getting the reps, all right? Yeah, so all right, so we get this. Uh, I think this is the last one here. My uh, my daughter is a peewee minor goalie on a pretty good double A team. Her team typically has two practices a week, she also has goalie training one day per week this year. She has been telling me that her team practices have actually been making her worse as there are no goalie-specific drills, and she just takes shot after shot after shot. I typically don't watch her practices, but I made sure to watch the last 15 minutes of the last few practices, and I saw exactly what she means. She was exhausted and picking up bad habits, and no coaches were interacting with her or attempting to coach her. This past week, she was unable to make her team practices but was able to attend her goalie training this weekend was the best she has looked all year in games. It was really um, it was really that coaches had no idea how to coach their goalies in practice. Should we start to look at organizations that have a goalie coach? Thank you for the question, Jess. Whew. That's a tough one. I, I uh, like it.
2: I, well, I do like it. And, you know, so she is a peewee minor, so she's, you know, 11, 11, 11, turning 12. Um, I would say it's very rare to find a a team that's going to just have a goalie coach on the ice with you at all times. And I would – what I always stress to my goalies because I do really like to get them a lot of shots and especially in in stations and and things like that that we're doing is – you know, really dial in on every, you know, second or third shot. Like, especially if the kids are going over and over again, like you can't focus on just one. But I will say that goaltending is a mindset that, like, if you want to be good at it, and I forget who this was, but, like, you can't let a puck in the net. Like, you you don't want to have a puck in the net. And one thing that drives me crazy about you know some goalies is they don't they 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 you know like during drills if there's like a pile of pucks that's in the net, like dude, that's your net. Like there shouldn't be pucks in there. You know what I mean? Like you do not want any pucks in your net. You know what I mean? That's the mindset that of a goalie that you have to have. So I would say for for Tim Thomas as exam, as an example, like maybe not the best um technically sound technically sound guy yeah. but that guy just didn't want pucks to go in his net right. and like call him bad habits but i call it just stopping the puck you know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> the guy would do whatever it took to 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 just keep the puck out of the net. So sometimes those bad habits and those like crazy saves that you might be making, diving across the street because um uh, across the crease because the next guy in line's going like that might win you a championship someday. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it's all about that balance. And obviously, if you're getting good coaching with the training, just you know teach your daughter to be competitive in practice. Um, you know, again, if you let a couple goals in, is it the end of the world? Like, no, but you should have that mindset of like, this is my net. This is, you know, I'm not going to let anything in this thing.
0: And, and, and that's that. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, you know, some of the best goal goal goaltenders that I played with, you know, Mighty Brudeau being one of them was, he did not want to get scored on in practice, which is like, you know, to your point, but that's, that's a, a whole mentality thing that should be, you know, kind of innate, you know, yes. for these goaltenders in this situation. But to answer Jess's question, I I don't believe, you know, there is, you know, some of these teams that dedicate, you know, full-time goalie coaches. But if you're supplementing the goaltending, you know, technical stuff once a week, that's perfect. But as a coach, I would fall into the trap sometimes of not thinking of the goalie as well. So it's natural because you're thinking about a lot of other players trying to get them moving, get them shots and to be yeah to be wise point i would i would talk to the goaltender and say this is a shooting drill you know just work on your angles don't cuz like they're going to be coming a little bit quicker right Good so point. like stay up you don't have to go down to the butterfly you don't have to work like it's really just about letting the puck hit you and then then there's other ones where i made sure That they did the drill correctly uh, from a goaltender's point of view, the puck starts on one side. They have to be on the post, banks behind the net. They have to, you know, push and get over. And it was it was important for the goaltenders as they got older to have some um, attention in practice. We would implement like some breakouts, but I would do goalie touches. So it's up to the coach to really kind of take a step back and. You know, it's e- you can easily put it into a practice plan, but they, they just have to be aware of it. So I would recommend possibly saying something to the coach just about exactly what you said about her getting very um, tired because it was like too many shots too quickly because I can understand that coach falling into that trap of trying to keep p- kids moving. And, you know, so like the message could just be like, hey, you know, I want you to work on your angles this one. But the other ones, you know, really dial in and do not let that puck in. Um, right. So I don't know. I, I I hope that helps. But like I I fell into the trap myself. That's why I'm, and then you just have to step back and, and kind of implement the goaltender and keep the goaltender in mind uh, when you're doing a, a drill. Yeah, I
2: I agree. I think it's a uh, it's tough because as a coach, you're you know you're worried about. 16 players on the ice or whatever, whatever that number is. And then the one goalie's just sitting there. And like you said, you want to get those guys a lot of reps and they're the ones that are in line. And especially at the younger age groups, if they're not, you know, engaged, they're pushing and punching and shoving each other. And the ADHD just, just, you know, you want to bust out the and for everybody, but you, you, you can't, um, so it, it's, it's, you know, and then you have the one goalie that, uh, you know, sometimes seems like a punching bag, but my suggestion is, is, you know, like Mott said, focus on your angles, focus on like the little things, maybe not dial in for every shot. But again, you know, you want that mindset as a goalie. It's like, like you said, Marty Brodeur, who's obviously a, a hall of famer, but I think it's a lesson for all goalies out there. It's like, that's your net. Um, it drives me crazy when I'm in a practice and I see pucks in goalies nets, unless it's, it's something that, that, you know, we, we tell them to put them all in there, but if there's like pucks piling up, like, you know, I love goalies that after, after, you know, fire it out. Yeah. They, they get the puck out of the net. It's it's like, cause you don't want that thing in there and you want to teach them that competitiveness competitiveness of being an athlete and just trying to make that, that, you know, as many saves as you possibly can and you know what she might leave the game the the practice practice exhausted because she had so many reps but it's only going to make her better in a game
0: yeah i mean she was just saying about technique like you know getting tired and you know just trying to not you know trying to save everything so it's kind of a balance here certain times you want to stay up and like this is what goalies would do in the pro and pros i just work on angles and like trying to let it hit them right and then there's other times where they just you know in you know the same position, but going down and figuring it out. So you kind of do it all the time if there's like rapid fire, but um, I would recommend just talking to the coach and uh, see where it goes. But thanks for uh, checking in. Yeah, that was a good question. For over 28 years, the Kelleher Corbett Group has been a trusted advisor to individuals, families, businesses, and nonprofit organizations to provide clients with the scope, scale, and oversight of a global financial services firm coupled with the independence, objectivity, and service capabilities of a boutique advisory and consulting firm. Give them a call at 781-681-4949 or visit their website at morganstanley.com slash the Kelleher Corbett Group. Once again... Um you know, we
2: thank everybody, thank everybody at the, you know, with exposure hockey, Matt miles and uh, Steve valeski for, for bringing us down here. Obviously it's been a great tournament so far. We'll be at the uh, San Pearl hotel for a little welcome reception. Like Mott said at the top uh, with Trevor Daly, Christopher Stieg, Steve Oleski, a couple of guys that played in the NHL, one Stanley cups, uh, Mike motto, not too bad of a resume. And then you got me just chumming along. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're, we're we're live down here at the Paradise Cup. It's been a great event so far, minus you know, Mott's having to pay to to, to check, check in, in <laughs> and you know, my hotel disaster. But at the end, you know, yeah, we're gonna make
0: we're gonna make do, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll make it work. Yeah, a yeah. little adversity never hurt anyone. But uh, exactly. yeah, looking forward to this, and looking forward to um, you know, kind of letting everyone know how how it goes, and we'll have plenty of content and uh, keep the questions coming and.
2: Live footage of me benching kids and, yeah. and sitting, sitting guys, and it, screaming and it, yelling.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm the social. Sh-
2: can I get mic'd up?
0: I think I could do that for you.
2: Yeah, mic'd up. You want to a, a mic'd up by behind the bench? Oh, that'd be hilarious. That would be yeah, pretty let's, good. Let's do it. Can we do that? Yeah, that I'll go great. to Best Buy again. <laughs> Dude, I went to Walmart today. Like, uh, I'm. We're stretching this out a little bit, but I went to Walmart because I was going to Publix, which is a grocery store down here for you guys that 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 don't live in the South. And why don't we live in the South? because the weather's just beautiful. But Publix the grocery store. There was an accident going that way, and there was a Walmart. So I pulled in a Walmart. Dude, you go to a Walmart down here. It's not a Walmart in Massachusetts. Like you could buy like a a shotgun, like a rifle you in the next you aisle you groceries? get like yeah you get like cheese it's you go go get an outfit if you need it a night out uh you know you want you, so it's the super walmart it's dude it was insane i'm like this is like this is an experience it's like going to like disney world you know what i mean and i'm <laughs> like where's the waters like is it, i just want to get a case of water for the room yeah. so i can hydrate and you know a couple snacks you gotta have a couple snacks in the room when you're down Have a for a few days yeah. and you know next thing you know i'm i'm, I'm looking You're buying at a shotgun yeah i'm looking at bullets <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got any 40 cals down here but um you know once again thanks to uh thanks to the sponsors and and, and thank you guys for listening uh Mott's is going to be you know social media mike so he's getting it going he's you know we we started him off with the combos on the way to long island and he hasn't left the yandle family vacation since (laughs) you know at some point i might get invited to one of the mottos and and
0: that'll be exciting that would be exciting but i'm happy to be here and looking to document as much nonsense as i can
2: (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening